0: Everybody, live from Washington, D.C., it is the Brothers Millers giving you the ozone espresso shot coming at you right now. Just wanted to update you while we're on the road making our tennis travel series, Advantage Omar, and talk to you about what's going on in the world of sports. I'm here with my brother Terry Miller, the icons. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, a lot of things have been happening uh, in the world of Major League Baseball. The All-Star break came and went, and as predicted, Manny Machado is a Dodger. What do you think this does for the Dodgers, T? This should take him over the hump, but, you know, I still think they need to shore
1: up their lineup. The, that rotation, the front-line rotation is not as solid as it was last year. I think uh, Ross Stripling is starting to get tired, and uh, the kid Walker Buehler, you know, he hasn't pitched a complete Major League season, so... You know, there's still some question marks with the Dodgers. I don't think that they ever struggled offensively.
0: Yeah, well, they're putting up runs now, and I think it'd be nice for them to shore up the bullpen even more so than the starters. With the way that the game gets shortened now... Yeah, because with the way that the game is shortened now, it seems to be important, more important to have guys that go six through eight... Uh, because they got a ninth inning guy uh, in the big fella, Kinley Jansen, as opposed to one through five, because even if they get down, they can slug it out with most teams and come back into the game. They supposedly are in the running to get Manny Machado's teammate, former teammate, Zach Britton, and this is where the hot stove is really heating up because any day now the word's gonna break where Zach Britton is going. He's going somewhere. And honestly, a couple of years ago before he got hurt, guys, Zach Britton was arguably the best pitcher in all of baseball. Not just he was definitely the best reliever. Right. But he threw a really yeah. heavy he ball. Yeah he's, no, he yeah, he's, yeah. he's a monster Below one. Yeah. Yeah. He's a monster. And and honestly, they say Houston's in on him. The Dodgers are in on him. All the playoff contenders look like they're in on him. And they, where he goes may determine a lot because yeah, the Cubs are also him him. Hump. Yeah, he, he can, can literally get to him there. Him hump. Yeah,
1: because especially if you already have a closer. Yeah, and I think that the Astros need more so than anybody. They have Ron that's closing now. and He's doing an uh, admirable admirable job, but that doesn't get it done. You can't
0: trust him in a big time situation. You no, can trust Zach Britton in a big time situation. I agree. I agree. And even though uh, Buck Solwalter didn't trust him and got walked off in Toronto a couple of years ago when Zach wasn't in the game for some reason, the rest of the league knows how devastating and dominant that he is and can be. Uh, you know, if you look at the playoffs it, it, coming up very quickly, you look at the standings right now, the Yankees are fading and they need to get themselves together because it's a gut check time for them in the American League East. Which they've been going back and forth with the Red Sox all season and the Red Sox are stretching it out now and they're proving themselves to be, in my opinion, right now, the best team in baseball. Uh yeah, you've well, seen you know that the what? Yankees are down six now. Six down and you got turmoil in the clubhouse.
1: Yeah. You got guys not hustling out balls, Gary Sanchez. I mean, he's not a good catcher, he's not a good defensive catcher, as I've said before. You know, so I honestly feel like you can use Gary Sanchez maybe at first base or something, but they need to get a catcher that's really going to help them because not only offensively, but defensively, because you can't have him in the big time games with a pass ball in a clutch situation. Well, you saw it last year.
0: You saw it last year. There were a couple balls in the Houston series where there were plays at the plate and he couldn't make the play. Where on relay throws and whatnot, he couldn't make the play and also make the tag. And honestly, the big draw on Gary Sanchez was he was supposed to be the best hitter out of this bunch. He was supposed to be the best hitter out of this group of Yankees. And now he's batting below the Mendoza line and he's been hurt. And that's going to be hard when you aren't running balls out. You aren't hustling for pass balls because you got crossed up because you probably forgot what you called. And I really think this is where things are going to get tough on the Yankees for having an Aaron Boone as opposed to having a... Uh, you know, a lot of the... Uh, Joe Girardi, who was a catcher, who knows how to work with catchers, and who also knows how to call games. Because I really believe that part of what's wrong with Sonny Gray is that. Well, you know what? I think that Sonny Gray and most pitchers need to find a happy home,
1: meaning that they need to find a pitching coach that can get their message through to them. Because if you can't get that message through, then you end up like a Sonny Gray type of player where you leave a place like Oakland where he had struggled a little bit at the end of his tenure. And then he comes to the Yankees and he never established himself out there in New York as being the dominant force that he was earlier in his career. Right, so and can, I don't he, think he, it's he, a physical I, thing.
0: He's not he, he, just, he just can't yeah. put it together.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, he's sort of too young to give up on him, but there's just so many kids in the minor league that you can just give a chance to, and their front line of their rotation, they have Severino and everybody's a question mark after that. So you can't, I, can't, I can never take the Yankees seriously. Too many times nowadays, teams are focusing on offense and they should be focusing on pitching. And I mean starting pitching, because now everybody's into the bullpen game, shortening the game up. But if you can get a couple of front line pitchers like the Astros have done, that go six or seven innings, and then you don't have to kill your bullpen. Or longer, yeah, or longer. I mean, come on, Gary Cole and Justin
0: Verlander are going seven pretty much every yeah. time out. They're going at least seven.
1: Dallas Keiko as well. Yeah, solid and guys. is learning how to pitch. You know, yeah, and Charlie, Charlie
0: Morton, yeah, 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 and it and does a way- lot to help your bullpen so that the guys yeah. come in with fresh arms and they really deal. I I still, I like what the Indians did at first when they signed Oliver Perez. I was a little suspect, but now they came back and picked up Brad Hand. Um, I see if anybody makes any more moves, but they have a formidable lineup. Jose Ramirez is just quickly burgeoning into a full-blown superstar. He's leading the league in home runs. Um, the, you know, Michael Brantley's the guy that I'm really happy that is back and banging the baseball. He's going to make a big difference in any kind of stretch run that they make, but they need to get more out of Carlos Carrasco. He's winning games, but his ERA is way up from what it normally is. Yeah. Cookies He's normally down in the twos and the threes at the highest. He's giving up a lot of runs and that's not going to work as you get down to the stretch. But we're going through that period where everybody's arm is getting dead and we're going to see who's going to come out of that a better pitcher. And, yeah, and this is in all of baseball. Yeah, and this is when you get guys like the Verlanders and the uh,
1: Keichels and, uh, you know, these older guys who've been there before who can actually live through the season. You know, they understand that when their arm dies that they need to switch things up. You know, if you're a power guy and a young power guy, you watch the younger power guys try to throw harder since their arm is dead. That doesn't work. You need to learn how this is where you learn how to pitch. You Even when you have your bad stuff. I mean, when you don't have your stuff, you have to go out there and perform.
0: Right. Yeah, it's critical. It's critical mass theory. Well, switching gears, uh, you know, LeBron James, what and you going Le- to? I'm going to the third, I'm going to chirp into third with this one, uh, four um, eleven in the back. And we're looking at, uh, the Lake show with LeBron James and the team that there is something around him has got a lot of eyebrows raised. They're talking about playing LeBron James at center. They're talking about now they've picked up Michael Beasley, uh, Lance Stevenson, Ray, Ray John Rondo. A lot of guys have been on a lot of different teams. And the wonder is, is is it gonna fit? As well as does it fit up uh does it fit up north of the border in the six, as they call it, with Kawhi Leonard, who thank God actually did report for service and now he's talking about staying up there. Yeah. I mean, that was a whole debacle and honestly. You know, you're
1: glad to see him get out of there, but I always felt like he should have honored his contract because they say that he could have played through
0: the playoffs and he just decided to sit out just like he did. He told quit you. on the team.
1: And, and that's
0: You can never, as, as an athlete or any sort of competitor, you can never appreciate that. And then I just yeah. read something else. You know, he's also a an endorsement free agent right now. So. He is, his contract is up with Nike that he has been in talks about, but the talk stalled because he didn't want to take the $22 million extension. I think it was four years, $22 million or something like that. And you know what? You gotta. Be, this is going to be interesting to see what happens with him because he's, he's painting it sounds himself. It like you get bad advice. It, yeah, maybe <laughs> that's <laughs> what it is. It does, right? Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a lot of bad
1: advice going on, maybe from some of the homeboys. <laughs> just it's, yeah, it's maybe from, some people that are not
0: in professionals, They're just said uh, professional homeboys that are giving him something. Uh, uh, oh, him you know, <laughs> uh, you know whatever, whatever it is, it's just not, I don't know. It doesn't, the lack of communication in the world of the 24 hour me- media news cycles is not a good look. And it just makes him look bad. It makes him look like he quit on a team. Now it's making him look like he quit on Nike I don't know, but if he's still the same Kawhi Leonard, he steps in as the best player in the East now, and it will be interesting to see what Toronto is able to do. Uh, You know, the East has just gotten super competitive with this this move. Yeah, the parity in the East, and I think that it's wide, wide open. Anybody could
1: step in there. You know, but you talk about getting Tyree back and the uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, Gordon Hayward now.
0: Yeah, so you got Washington who picked up Dwight Howard that everybody overlooks, even though he's still giving you double double. Yeah. There's some serious competition
1: out there. And anybody can come out the East at this point. Who's going to come out the West? That's a big thing. I don't feel like the Indians have
0: done enough. Honestly, Mm. I don't really. Well, I don't think it's over. I don't think it's over. we still got a ways before camp. we still got a ways. You know, we've seen this kid in the summer league, this kid, Josh Harden, is ready to go. And you can tell that he believes it. And one thing that I like is that all the kids are talking about their 2K rating. And, and it seems to be something that may actually make them work on their game as opposed to worldwide coverage of their sport for some reason that doesn't prompt them to do that. Right, which is crazy. I mean, you have to have respect. I think that they look at
1: it and see that they don't have a jumper like, no, I got a jumper. And then and you, don't. You, go back and, <laughs> you go back and look at the percentages you don't have a jumper. I mean, but some reason, you equate guys making threes to an actual mid-range jumper. I think that mid-range jumper is devalued nowadays. The mid-range jumper... It keeps you honest. If you can drive to the rack, or just act like I'm driving to the rack, pull up and hit that mid-range jump. And Kobe was great at that. That's what something true was.
0: was really Michael cool. Jordan too. To the elbow. And Kobe got yeah. that from Michael Jordan. And and you yeah. get to that elbow and you work that 15 to 17 foot range. It's unstoppable because now they're scared of you going to the rack. They're scared of you pulling up, which makes the three wide open and it gets you a lot of three the hard ways, which just raises your percentages in general. Does. Raises your percentages. But speaking of athletes seeing that they're better than they are, how about in the NFL, Jimmy Garoppolo making noise and saying, hey, you know what? Actually, I thought I was better than Tom Brady all those years, and I was mad that I couldn't play. Well, she take on Big Jimmy, Jimbo. Yeah, I agree with Jimmy. What type of athlete would think that another athlete was better than him? That
1: would kill the the competitive (laughs) nature of everything. Why would I not want to? Oh, you know, that was the Jordan theory, the Jordan rules, where guys would literally bow down to a guy before they even played against Mike Tyson. You know, you should feel like I'm going out here to compete to win, and I feel like that I have the tools, and I'm better than this guy, and I'm going to show him. I'm going to impose my will on him just like he wants to impose his will on me. And that's what it's about. And somehow or another, these
0: guys are chided for that. I, yeah. I agree with you on that. You, if you don't yeah. believe that you're the best, nah, how is anybody else going to believe it? And how do you manifest that? for your mother. You think you're going to accidentally stumble into being the best? No. Right. Tom Brady stepped so, in and took over for Drew, Drew Bledsoe and was like, you know what? I'm the man. This was my shot.
1: And now Jimmy Gravelow's getting it. Getting he wasn't he supposed to say, oh, yeah, you know what? I know Tom Brady was better than me, but no. Tom Brady wasn't better than me. I should have been starting. That was my team. That's what that's the attitude that you're supposed to have. And that's it's the, the attitude, attitude you want. If you're playing for yeah, San Francisco, so,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. As any athlete, honestly. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> and now you're looking at same old, same old with football. Now you're looking at Julio Jones sitting out for contract, Le'Veon Bell sitting out for contract. It's going to be interesting once the season starts to see where these guys end up or if they end up with their their uh their same teams because guys wanna rework their deal. And they're not necessarily wrong for it. Well, they said they're not going to
1: give Julio Jones an extension. I feel like Julio Jones could be the best receiver in football. He could be one of the best receivers in history. But one of the problems is that they can't get him the ball. They can't figure out how to get him the ball in the end zone. And now they're trying to hold that against him because they can't get him the ball in the end zone. That's their bad. It's not you're to come up with a, I said You're supposed to come up with a scheme to get Julio Jones the ball. You don't have a receiver. I don't, I'm the only person that's close to him, although Josh Gordon could be. He's not. But uh, it's A.B. I mean, but yep. other than that, where can you, but even size-wise, A.B. doesn't have the size, where can you find the receiver that can do everything, literally, on the field? Julio Jones performs in the Super Bowl. You're getting, you get him all the way down the field, and then you give the ball to somebody else.
0: And I mean, then, you're basically, then you've then been throw, you basically using him a 24-point lead.
1: <laughs> That's what right. you do. And then now you, you want him to take less than. That's not fair, Julio Jones. Why would I take less than? I'm sure if he goes to a team like the Rams or something, the Rams will figure out how to give the ball.
0: Oof. Man, this Rams. Yeah, the Rams so are the super out. team of football. And it's gonna nice. be interesting if they can pick up another guy like that, like a Julio Jones type. Yeah, hey, he got yeah. problems. <laughs> yeah. and, and moving on into the world of boxing, we didn't get to speak on it. But ladies and gentlemen, Manny Pacquiao looks fantastic.
1: I, I mean he looks great. And I think that he should he's he's trying to fight Floyd again. Floyd didn't you know, Floyd they got a, they got that first win, but I do believe that if Floyd's money is not right, Floyd to come out of retirement and fighting, I think it's Floyd's oh, going to high alcohol right now.
0: <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> if you know you make <laughs> half a billion dollars, you you deserve a little good pinky in the swine. I don't see why not. Yeah, but sure. uh, I, you know, honestly, I don't know. I didn't really particularly care for how he looked against Conor McGregor, so I, I'm not going to speculate on that one. But against the guys that are there now. If Manny was to fight at 140 or catchweight or something like that, because he's the fight that all these guys want, they're talking about Manny versus Mikey Garcia at 140. They're talking about Manny versus Lomachenko at 140. They're talking about Manny versus Terrence Crawford. The only person that I would not like to see Manny Pacquiao fight is Earl Spence uh, in that range, in that 140 to 147 range. I actually would like to see Manny, and I think his sweet spot is around 140. So he would do better to fight at catch weights or down to, you know, one forty, 140, but one forty seven and whatnot. The guys are very big. And at the age that he is and the age that these young guys are, he looked great, no doubt, but he looked great against Lucas Matisse. And Lucas Matisse not a threat, except for the people who haven't seen Before Lucas you. Matisse fight recently. You know. And uh and then you had then you had that Jaime Munguia versus Liam Beefy Smith fight, which I have to say, Beefy came out and showed a lot, but that fight I think is going to help Jaime Munguia in the long run a lot. Yeah, but I
1: don't. I think I don't think that it's going to help him because he's been exploited to me. I mean, he has a lot of flaws, and they want to move him up and have him fight against some of the bigger, the bigger elite fighters.
0: And well, no, they're talking him. about they're talking about keeping him at fifty four, and uh, the the talk that I keep hearing now is him and uh, him and Heard, and I don't think he wants Her's to see Heard either. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He so needs more rounds because, because Beefy had worked for him. He just didn't have enough pop. Yeah, he just didn't
1: have any fun. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. but it was a good, nah, good fight. Because, Man, that was a good card. It was card. a great
1: fight, but he would have well. lost. He would have lost. He would probably would have gotten knocked out if Beefy had any kind of pop. And most of yep. the fighters were chiming in on that on Twitter. They knew that if he, if he had got hit with anything... I mean, anything, with any thunder behind it, he, you probably could have put him to sleep. And his
0: plunders are wide, he's, he's not fundamentally sound, and he knows that he needs work, which is cool. I like that. Well, and that's, that's why I say I think it'll help him, because he understands that he needs work. I just hope nobody moves him forward too fast, because that's how they get you. Yeah, and that's always a problem, because then that gets you knocked out. That, that will get you knocked out. Thank and then this weekend... It does. And then this weekend, we got a nice fight shaping up with, you know, a guy who's in my top five pound for pound, Mikey Garcia versus Robert Easter Jr. Uh, I like Mikey in the fight. I like Mikey over pretty much everybody that you can match him up against uh, up to 140, um, except for maybe Manny. And, uh, you know, it's happening in L.A. Shout out to Showtime because Showtime does a lot of keeping fights in L.A., and I love that. We went to a fight at the Staples Center. Now, this is another one right back at it. Uh, I think L.A. loves boxing, you know, and then this is going to be another situation where Mikey gets to fight at home. It's going to be a good feeling. Right.
1: Um, I really don't. I Honestly, I don't. Robert Easter is not a threat to Mikey Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> play the
0: simple parent Play
1: Mike. Play, play the... I can't even play games and act like he is because Robert Easter. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't hit hard. He's a volume, like a volume puncher. He gets hit too much. And Mikey Garcia is one of the best in the game. And he's fundamentally, completely, fun to me, he's the most fundamentally sound boxer in boxing. And I would take Anthony Joshua right after that. But, you know, as far as champions. But, right. but the, the, the guy, I mean, Robert Easter hasn't shown to me that he, he's a guy that you can still threaten to take your title. He's not a, a one-punch one knockout artist. I mean, what does he do well?
0: Jeez Robert Easter Jr. Call him if you want to talk and and, and speak up on your resume Because the icons don't believe Wow Well ladies and gentlemen This is your Espresso Shot of the Ozone We'll be back at it later this week with a full show Uh, In the meanwhile Take care of yourselves It's chaotic times out there We're out in the nation's capital trying to make some change This is the Ozone Ozone I'm just living the dream Yeah